This program was produced by Knowledge at Wharton High School. For more information, visit kwhs.wharton.upenn.edu. Jason Schutzbank has been an entrepreneur since he was 14 and building websites for family and friends. He co-founded a social media company while in college at Emory University, balancing the stress of student life with being a top executive at a publicly traded firm. Today, the 23-year-old runs a firm that advises companies on how to use Facebook and Twitter in their marketing. Schutzbank recently talked to Knowledge at Wharton High School about his experiences and offered advice to budding entrepreneurs. Hi, Jason. Thanks for talking with us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Great. Um, we'd just like to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing now and also about um, the business you started when you were in high school. Um, first of all, could you tell me a little bit about what you're doing now, your job presently? Uh, currently, I started a company that's called Brand New that does uh, new media marketing, helping companies uh, build out their businesses online through social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the tools that are out there, as well as complex uh, social media developments, private social networks, uh, bid auction platforms, as well as uh, different shop e-commerce sites and, and all with a, a social uh, end to it, so making typical project social. And I understand that this is a space that you've kind of been involved in for a long time. Tell me a little bit about how you got started back in high school. Sure. Uh, I've been doing some form of web design development since I was 14, um, just building websites for our families and friends uh, using what was at the time called GeoCities, uh, which allowed you to play around with it just like if it was a Word document. And then in high school, I took a, a more formal class that was called Multimedia Design, and from that class, I got extremely interested in all forms of multimedia design, and I started expanding and getting referrals from families and friends to larger clients. Uh, so I started working with a company that was a public company at the time called Yana Water, which was a, a water company uh, that was out of New York, and they were expanding from there and had uh, other projects that they were working on, such as a, a product called Skinny Water, which helped, uh, well, they said, would suppress your appetite. So I built a website for them and uh, a couple of other clients that they referred to me from there. So it just sort of spiraled from there of different businesses and different web projects. And then in college, I had saw a post on, on our school server at Emory University, which I went to. Um, it, had, uh, it was called Emory Nightlife, and 80% of the school had subscribed to this conference, which had uh, different events that were going on in your area. And in, I saw a post there that said, looking for web design help for a project that I'm working on. And it was from a senior at the time. And I met with this, uh, with this guy, and he had a plan to take this Emory Nightlife concept and bring it to other schools. So I worked with him, and we built the first version of the site, which we called College Tonight. And College Tonight was a site where you can go on, see what events were going in your area, what your friends were doing, what percent of guys, what percent of girls. Um, and it was almost a precursor to what's now called Foursquare because we had a, a mobile component where you can check into a venue and you can see. Uh, it'll tell you which of your other friends were there as well as give you uh, specials and deals from the, the business that you just checked into. Mm -hmm. uh, but we quickly realized that, well, we didn't have the iPhone at the time and, and smartphones, so text messaging wasn't um, the best way to do it. So uh, we had planned to build a, a grander collegiate network, which uh, we were going to call the Quad and just like the quad is the center of college life offline, we had viewed uh, the quad as the center of college life online. 
And what that was comprised of is uh, academics portion where people can work on school projects, Word documents, and PowerPoints in real time amongst each other, um, as well as the, the college tonight part, which we built from our, our former project, which was a nightlife component with the center of it being a fraternity and sorority management system where people can work on uh, discussions, uh, dues processing, test bank, uh, sober driving system where it text you who's you know, the driver for that night. Oh, and okay, uh, we ended up raising uh, over $2 million for that project, uh, took the company public. Uh, so we were a publicly traded company, which was an interesting experience. Uh, being 19, uh, well, 19 by the time we were public, started the company when I was 18. And uh, being a 19-year-old, being a, a C-level executive for a public company and dealing with Sarbanes-Oxley and all these public controls and auditing and legal and accounting. So it was uh, an interesting experience juggling that in my college studies at the time but uh, very rewarding um, in the experience that that happened. And we, we really learned a lot from you know, being a public company and dealing with finances at, uh, at an early age. So um, from there, we, uh, we used that money to build out the quad, our quad concept. We signed on Lauren Conrad from MTV The Hills, which was the largest uh, basically reality celebrity star at the time, especially within our demographic and did a number of different fashion shows across the country. To It, it was a contest where students uh, could actually be the models in the show that she was promoting her, her fashion stuff. So we had a, a contest where uh, people can vote for their friends to be modeling her, her fashion line. And it was extremely successful in our first month of operation of the Quad product. We had over 50,000 users and was doing $150,000 in revenue. Wow. And... Uh, Early last year, we ended up selling our company and then helping other companies with their social media marketing and, and web design development. And that's how I met uh, Michele, uh, who is now the, the CEO and, and chairman of Nightly Business Report, which is the number one business show on television. And we're working with his organization to build out a, a large business social network for the top business minds um, in the world. And that's what uh, I'm here at Warden today to put together and forge a partnership with the organizations that have, you know, extreme levels of, of trust uh, and, um, and credibility within, you know, the, the academic industry. So putting together a partnership with that. So Now, to go back a little bit to the quad, I mean, tell me, it sounds like the business went from sort of zero to zero to 100 really, really quickly. I mean, how did you, I mean, in addition to sort of juggling class and all of the other sort of things that a college student is dealing with, I mean, what? how did you guys go about figuring out sort of making a business plan for this and figuring out, you know, what you were going to do to ramp up, how you were going to do it, how you were going to get the financing? I mean, how, what kind of things did you do and what kind of resources did you rely on to kind of take this so take this so far? Yeah, so... When we uh, originally worked on the College Tonight concept, uh, that was uh, the end of November of 2005. Uh, so when we saw the potential in, uh, this was right when Facebook was expanding out of the college audience and was going general. So our whole pitch was that we're going to be a, back to the college days, a closed network where your grandma's not on Facebook and, and messaging you, really focused for college nightlife and providing an experience that essentially cuts out the, the middleman college promoter at the time. But uh, 
we took all the money that I had made in web design development, and my business partner took all the money that he was making uh, doing marketing and promotions for the Atlanta Braves and uh, promoting these the nightclubs at the time. And uh, we pulled our money and sort of took a chance at the, the dream of building our own business and uh, was able to, based on my experience and the team that I had in doing the web design development, we were able to build out the first version of, of the site uh, with a pretty low budget. And from there, we realized that we needed a lot more money to take it to the next level and compete against this behemoth that was Facebook with a lot of money. So uh, we went to families and friends around and talked to different uh, organizations and trying to put together some sort of financing. Um, I talked to some of my professors and sort of got, and they, they were really instrumental in helping me through the nuances of, of that process as well of, you know, what's the valuation, how do you, uh, what sort of, what do the documents look like, what's a business plan. And it was sort of interesting because the classes that I was taking, you know, in, in high school with uh, economics and in uh, my first years at, at Emory as far as the college-oriented classes, um, I was learning things that I could then take and then apply to the business. So I was taking a marketing class and we were talking about guerrilla marketing. I was like, oh, well, I called up my business partner who, uh, who was a senior at the time when I was a freshman and said, oh, well, we can use this guerrilla marketing thing to uh, be able to get out there really cheaply. So so the, the classes were really uh, instrumental in, in building up that side of the business as well. Um, and using the resources that I had, eventually we were able to uh, find a, a group in Philadelphia that uh, would be willing to put up um, the initial money um, in, in a private form. Um, my business partner, Zach, was on Fox & Friends, which was a, a major show at the time, and uh, we received a call from that to put in uh, $500,000 out of someone in Florida. So we had initial financing to, to build out that our, our site, and then had an offer to take the company public, and we, we took that offer and, and raised another million, and actually it was $1.7 million that we took, and started opening up an office in L.A. that my business partner was you know running out of L.A., but I was sort of heading all of the development, and um, I was the CTO of this public company, so I was handling all the development and and sort of helping the marketing initiatives and doing everything sort of just a night after classes. I'd, I'd just work, you know, until I couldn't stop anymore and, you know, in between classes. But it, it all worked out at the, at the end of the day. So it was interesting. Yeah. It's kind of ironic that you were telling college students about how to go out and have fun. It sounds like you were spending a lot of those nights working. <laughs> right. <laughs> now tell me, I mean, what was it? It sounds like, I mean, you've pretty much been an entrepreneur for a pretty long time, despite the fact that you're fairly young. I mean, what was it that sort of made you interested in kind of, I mean, starting your own business? I mean, not waiting, you know, I mean, a lot of people, like what you've done, a lot of people don't do until they're maybe 30, 40, 50, and you've done it by, you said you're, I think, 21? I'm 23 now. 23. Yes. I mean, so what was it that kind of pushed you to want to become an entrepreneur and really take make an idea, like take an idea that far at such a young age? Um, I was always building things and, and playing around with, you know, blocks as a younger kid and trying to, um, you know, sell door-to-door water instead of lemonade to try to make more money instead of paying the cost of lemonade. So I was always sort of trying different things as, as a, a, a young child. But as I, I grew up, I was always had that sort of drive in me. 
But with the internet now, it's it's a lot easier. The barrier to entry of starting your own business. So you know, as far as you know, the high school students, you can really get out there. You know, just trying to uh, achieve whatever you want because the the barriers to building out these businesses and achieving your dreams isn't that isn't that hard to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me a little bit about. I mean, as you were kind of building this up, the site. What were the biggest challenges that you guys faced in trying to do this and carry out the business plan? Um, it was. That initial balance in, uh, of handling the finances while we were trying to achieve our business plan, our, our idea of where focusing on the product and, and building it out and marketing and doing all those things because raising money is, is a very hard process. And the investors at some points would want you to go to a certain direction where it might not have been the way that you envisioned it, but it, it's the, it was the best path for them to either raise more money or to justify their investment. And they, they sort of want you to, to grow, 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 but it's not we, – we wanted to really focus on one school at a time and, and build it out, which we couldn't really do based on – especially in the way that we raised the money, which was in a public company. So every week would be uh, another – actually every day the, the public market is watching you and you make any missteps. Then, and you're a website too. So they could see how you're doing at that exact moment and there's there's a lot of pressure on that aspect. So I think the, the way we raise money and um, the financial – all the regulations and requirements really took us away from achieving our straight-line vision of, of where we wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Now, is the site still in operation? I know you said that you that you guys sold it. Is it still in operation? And then also, I guess my second question would be, I mean, how difficult was it to make that decision to kind of to, to sell it? I mean, to get rid of your baby, essentially, something you've really worked on and built and right. you probably had a pretty, you know, tight connection to. Yeah, it, it was hard. And um it's. I, I believe it's still in operation, uh, and it, it's going, but without sort of our original vision um, and, and the team to support it, it really wasn't going to take it to the next level. But we really needed um, a lot more money to, to do what we needed to do, and we uh, we were just caught up in, in the again, the way that we raised money uh, was very taxing and, and required us to uh, do a lot more than we were sort of wanting to do. And at that point... Uh, it's sort of like our baby was stripped from us and we couldn't really control that process anymore. So we had to, um, we, we felt it was best that we could take all of our knowledge and in, in what we've achieved in building out these sort of complex websites and how we were able to go from, as you said, zero to 60, uh, like almost zero, zero to 60,000 users, you know, in the period of a month and take that and help other companies um, and work on a lot of different projects without having to worry about the, the financing, the investment part. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess that sort of brings my next question. I mean, what would your advice be? I mean, if you're, you know, if there's somebody who's a high school student or a college student that's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, I want to start my own business doing something or other, whether it's technology or anything else, I mean, what would you be your, what would be your advice to sort of budding entrepreneurs that want to go in this direction? Give it a chance. I mean, now's the best time. I mean, you, you see how the economy is and how uh, hard it is to get a job at certain companies. And if you really have a good idea, there shouldn't be anything stopping you from achieving that, you know, get with the right people, uh, use the resources that you have at school, your parents, family, and friends. And um, if you really believe in what you're trying to do, you're sort of find a way to make it work. And you can sort of set your own path instead of going down sort of this corporate path that, you know, this is the way that you were brought up and went to school and this is what your parents, you know, the, the set path that you're supposed to do. And you can veer off a little bit and, and try to, uh, to make something yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And what would you say, I mean, knowing what you you know now, what, what are some things maybe you would have done differently if you'd started, like, if you'd gone into it with the hindsight that you have now? Um, yeah, I mean, most of that just comes with sort of maturity and, and learning as, as you go. But, uh, I mean, definitely we wouldn't have uh, took the money in the way that we did. Um, we would have uh, been more in control and not afraid to stand up to the people that put in the money because we – what we ended up doing is losing course of our vision of what we what we wanted it to do, and we were sort of had someone who was, you know, giving us marching orders, and that's not a way that that limits your entrepreneurial capability. So that's that's our that's my big advice. And now it does seem like a lot of I mean, young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general are sort of looking into the social media space just because there's just a lot of attention given to it, and there's a lot of talk about the potential that it has. I mean, what would you say are sort of the biggest potential that it has, but also are some of the biggest myths about it? I mean, are there things that people are sort of subscribing, like the biggest sort of pitfalls that people can run into when they're trying to do a social media-based business, like without getting into too many of the secrets you're having people pay for? Right. <laughs> um, social media is is great because of that network effect, uh, the ability that you can post something and you put it on your Facebook profile or your Twitter account, and then 200, 300 people your, of your friends who really trust your opinion then see it and use that to be able to you know, go to the site and promote what you're trying to achieve. And brands can do you know, great things by the capabilities of something like Twitter, which is 90% open of people who are talking about uh, you know, different things at all times. And one of the products that we built that we call Talk of the Town basically does that and monitors conversations that are happening on Twitter. And a brand can then reach out to you. And, and it's basically a targeted conversation, sort of like what Google does on search engines. So uh, this power, this social media, this social graph of what uh, Facebook has uh, as far as the amount of you know, friends you have and what you do on it uh, lends a, a great ability for brands and companies and services to promote themselves online. Um, but, I mean, as, as far as uh, pitfalls, you, you just have to use it correctly, uh, especially in that commercial case. You don't want the brand to be in your face. It, it has to be a two-way relationship. You have to be providing something and giving back to the user um, if you really want the user to do something because, you know, people have their you know, banner blinders on. It's, uh, they, they don't believe what people say anymore. So you have to really market to them in, in the right way and use social media properly instead of, you know, we just have to have a social media plan or, what, you know, what does that mean? You really have to sit down and strategically think about it. Great. Well, thank you so much, Jason. I really appreciate it. This is right. very interesting. Thank you Thanks. very much.